The St Albans Film Guide with Simon Carver, hosted by Danny Smith. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide uh, with the one and only Simon Carver. Hello, Simon. Hello. And uh, yeah, we're we're here. You sounded slightly surprised there. You knew I was in front of your um, in front of you virtually, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah. It was just sort of I was trying to feign interest. <laughs> wow. 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 There you go, listeners. That's what disdain sounds like. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so what we do here uh, each each week is we look at uh, new film releases and we look at uh, the films coming up on Free-to-Air TV for the forthcoming week. There are hundreds of films on Free-to-Air TV. Uh, there are loads and loads of channels that show these films. A lot of the films are rubbish and often as well they repeat them frequently. So sifting through all of that lot is no mean feat, but, but it's what we're here for. It's what we do. But we will start with those new releases, and it's just one on Netflix this week. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's... I mean, there were... There were it depends what you mean by new releases, you see. One I mean, worth mentioning. Yes. I mean, this has been out... This this came out, uh, I think, a couple of years ago now. Um, but when it came out, it was very well received, and I thought it was worth mentioning, therefore. Yeah. Okay. It's got a, a, a nice title, The Sisters Brothers. It's based on a novel, um, and it's, it is, it's apparently it's the first... I, I, this, I, I saw this on IMDb. The first English-language film directed by a French film director. That can't be true. That absolutely cannot be true, can it? Um, uh, I, 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 mean, yeah, I mean... How would you, how would you find out... Um, it just that's just got to be not true. I mean, thinking of who directed Twelve Monkeys and um, Terry Gilliam. Okay, all right. I was thinking of Luke Besson. Um, okay, I mean he's directed loads of English language things, isn't he? Uh, Jean-Luc Godard. He's a French director, and he's quite famous. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I should have noted down what, what, what it said. But anyway, that 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 is irrelevant to the to, to this. It, um, it's about these uh, revolves around the colourfully named gold prospector Herman Kermit Warm played by Riz Ahmed who's being pursued across 1,000 miles of 1850s Oregon desert to San Francisco by the notorious assassins Eli Sisters and Charlie Sisters played by John C. Riley and Joachim Phoenix except Eli is having a personal crisis and beginning to doubt the longevity of his chosen career and Herman might have a better offer. It's, um, it's an action comedy, um, a quirky film, and okay. I, I think it looks fun. Right, and, that, and you're, you're certain that that's out on Netflix, are you? Because I'm now looking at their new releases and it's not there. Um, okay. Well, I thought it was, but, you know, maybe it's not. Well, I, so you I, have a quick look for that. Well, I say about one film that I have found that's on the go on then. for this. Go on then. It looks, yeah. looks, well, I'm only saying it looks interesting because I recognise the name of, uh, of of somebody that's in it. So that's always a good start, isn't it? I it think. is, yeah. Um, that's and, true. Uh, and it's a film with Jennifer Garner in it that comes out on the 12th of March, and it's called Yes Day. 
And it says here, uh, always feeling like they have to say no to their kids and co-workers. Alison and Carlos decide to give their three kids a yes day, where for 24 hours, the kids make the rules. Little did they know that they'd be going on a whirlwind adventure around Los Angeles that would bring the family closer to each other than ever before. Starring uh, Jennifer Garner and a load of other people. Edgar uh, Ramirez. Uh, oh, you've... Either you know that, or you just found it on the. On the well, no, screen. it's just the, it's the film immediately below the Sisters Brothers on the list that I'm looking at. Oh right, okay. M- March the twelfth is the same. Right, but um, yeah, this is apparently a kids, a family comedy. This particular okay. one that comes out on the twelfth of March. I'm looking um, at a website that's called What's on Netflix. That's ah. one of those sort of does what it says on the tin things, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's not the. Um, so not the Netflix media centre that I've got us access to that, that, that no, me and Morgan not, aren't allowed no. to look at. No, right. no, no. This, that's, this is far more reliable because it's called what's on Netflix.com. <laughs> uh, OK, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, but certainly um, Yesterday is a film that's also out. And, and, and so this film, you're saying it is out in Netflix UK on the 12th of March. I am saying that, yes. And I, okay. shall, I shall say it till my dying day. Good stuff. Okay, we'll have uh, more from uh, Simon in a moment where we'll be looking at uh, Simon's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week and I'll throw some of mine in there as well. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Welcome to part two of this week's St Albans Film Guide. This is the bit where we look at Simon's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. And uh, we also uh, look at some of my choices as well. And so let's start off with Simon's first choice uh, for uh, Friday the 12th of March, 11.45pm over on Five Star. And it is the film Dead Man Walking. Yes, um, a mid-90s classic. Susan Sarandon plays Sister Helen... Prigent, who is a real-life uh, nun, who has whose ministry is with death row um, prisoners, and uh, this particular case that the film focuses on is about her relationship with uh, Matthew uh, Ponsolet. I mean, I'm tempted to pronounce it as you would do if it was French, Ponsolet, but uh, that's probably Ponce. So I, I, I don't know how you pronounce it anyway. Um, he, he's a poor, no one would have known until you just said... I know, he he's a poor sure. white multiple killer with no sense of remorse. So he's not, he's not somebody that's been um, uh, falsely accused or falsely sentenced or anything like that. You know, if anyone's deserving of the death penalty, it would be him. Um, I'm not saying that anyone is deserving of it, but I'm just saying if anyone is, it would be him. And uh, this nun becomes his spiritual advisor during his final countdown to execution. 
and she wrote a book about it called Dead Man Walking um, because that's what they call uh, the, somebody who is on death row that you know they're, they're, they're effectively dead already uh, Tim Robbins um, who is uh, Susan Sarandon's real life partner uh, is the director and Sean Penn is very good as the convicted killer yeah um, it's interesting because these sorts of films often would be where they're trying to prove that he's innocent where, you know mm. so 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 the, the the main character would be trying to save him but but she is trying to save him but it would seem in a different way you know I'm guessing that the, the, the crux of the film is that she's trying to um, you know help him to actually um, you know accept that he's he's wrong and and to therefore then get forgiveness for it yeah she 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 try I, I guess tries to make him uh, tries to um, have him reconcile with his fate um, the the real life um, person the name was changed but was Robert Lee Willey um, who was uh, executed in 1984 for a a crime that he committed only four years previously, which is remarkably quick um, for executions. Um, and uh, he went to the electric chair in 1984 for the kidnap, rape, and murder of an 18-year-old woman. Okay, that was cheerful, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yes, a very um, a, 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 a gripping film and and quite grueling subject matter, I, I imagine. Um, and, and yeah, like you say, there uh, Susan Sarandon as well, uh, winning an Oscar for for her turn, no less. That's uh, the film Dead Man Walking, eleven forty-five p.m. on Five Star on Friday, the twelfth of March. Um, going from Dead Man Walking to Dead Women Walking, I guess. Um, my first choice, Friday, the twelfth of March, three p.m. over on Talking Pictures TV. It's Blythe Spirit from uh, seventy-six years ago, nineteen forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, a novelist is shocked to find the ghost of his first wife haunting him and his new spouse and sets out to find a way of getting rid of the annoying apparition. He employs the services of a clairvoyant in an attempt to drive the phantom away, but her methods seem doomed to failure. David Lean's adaptation of Noel Coward's supernatural comedy uh, starring Rex Harrison, Kay Hammond and Margaret Rutherford, with Noel Coward himself providing the narration of the, uh, the movie. Now, this... This is quite a classic stage play, and it's often something that's a staple part of many an Amdram group's repertoire, mm. and it's it's frequently on. I, I think it was last on in St Albans about eight or nine years ago, um, but but it is a, it is a well loved uh, Noel Coward play, and and yeah, this is this is the you know a very famous film adaptation of it. I'm not entirely sure if it's the only adaptation. Um, it would almost surprise me if it hasn't been redone, but certainly this is probably the, the most famous one from from way back then and um the you know the whole premise is just really funny about this 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 woman haunting this bloke and his new wife um and then you know as as the film sort of carries on i don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that then his wife has a terrible accident and his new wife has a what accident dies and he's got both of them on his case um and uh you know it, it just just describing that is humorous you know the, mm. the, the thought that this bloke and and how um uh, you know, and, and how his life would just seem to be going from bad to worse. 
Uh, and um, th- but the, the standout performance on this was Margaret Rutherford, who I think would be known to some for being Miss Marples. Yeah. Um, in the in the 1940s film adaptations, but she she kind of stole the show as this this rather batty clairvoyant, who I guess not dissimilarly to to Whippy Goldberg's character in Ghost, you know, was sort of suddenly quite surprised with her success in 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 being able to um, converse with the dead. Mm. But but but, uh, but yeah. Although I think with Whippy Goldberg's character, I seem to, from what I remember of the film. She was a bit more of a fraud who just so happened to then suddenly be able to speak to dead people. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think Margaret Rutherford's one was was a believer, was just not very successful. Um, so, but, but yeah, so great, great film, very funny film from, from 1945. That's on 3 pm on Talking Pictures TV, uh, Blythe Spirit. So let's move to Saturday the 13th of March and Simon has chosen 1.45pm on Talking Pictures TV um, Black's the, the Black Swan not to be cl- confused with Black Spawn Black Swan which was the uh, ballet film wasn't it? Yes with um, Natalie Portman Natalie Portman um, a very sort of uh, dark <laughs> hence the name um, very dark uh, story Um this is a, a, a swashbuckling film. Um, it's, I, it's the sort of thing Errol Flynn would often be in. Um, okay. And in fact, it says here, yeah, Errol Flynn or Douglas Fairbanks Jr. would be normally playing this role, but somehow Tyrone Powell got it. Perhaps the others were busy. But, I mean, he's, he's good at that sort of stuff. He's been largely forgotten. He died quite young. He was only um, 44 when he died. Um, he, he had a heart attack and died while on holiday. But this, I, I suppose it's based on a true story. Um, it's it, it's about uh, a Captain Morgan who was made governor of Jamaica. Um, so it's you know it's the Spanish Main and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's the it's not the the last appearance in my list this week of Maureen O'Hara either. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, if you like your swashbuckling stuff, it's it's great. It's in colour as well, which for 1942 is uh, is quite an early colour film. So very jolly. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, thought he was Irish, but he's not. I mean, he he's from Irish stock, quite famous Irish acting stock, but right. he was actually born in America. Okay. Um, and he was in he was in a film called Rawhide, which I'm guessing might have been. The precursor to the Clint Eastwood TV series of the same name, I um, guess. But, and, but also, he was uh, one of his most famous roles. I guess was um, uh, witness for the prosecution. Um, he was he was the star of that that um, uh, that sort of uh, you know, famous sort of courtroom thriller from Billy Wilder from back in the day. Um, I didn't know all of that off off the top of my head. I had just looked some of that up. Um, right. In case you were thinking, wow, he knows his Taiwan power. Um, yes. But, but, no, I didn't but, think that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yes, yeah, so so The Black Swan, 1.45pm on Talking Pictures TV on Saturday the 13th of March. Moving to Saturday night and at 10.45pm over on the Horror Channel, I have chosen 30 Days of Night. A horde of vampires find the perfect hunting ground, a town in Alaska that remains sunless for a month. The local sheriff heads up a small band of townsfolk as they try to avoid the bloodthirsty invaders and survive until the sun rises once again. A horror with Josh Hartnett, Danny Houston and Melissa George. And um, I believe it's based on a graphic novel. 
And if it's not, it certainly feels like it is. It, 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 it ought it to have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it has that sort of feel about it. There was a, a sequel to it, which um, which is weird given how the fate of all of them by the end of the movie. But there is a sequel um, which went straight to DVD when it came out, and uh, by all accounts is absolutely atrocious. So um, you know, do not consider that one. But but the original one, um, I thought was rather good. Um, and, and yeah, it has, I think this is it's a good film. It's, yeah, it's it's quite um, it's quite uh, moving in places. I think. I, I think that we're, one of the things I think this film gets um, uh, gets sort of uh, where this type of film I think is quite appealing is is the it's not just about the actual the action bits or the scary bits with the vampires. Often it's there's something of the human a reflection of human nature, you know. And I, I think it's similar with things like The Walking Dead and some of those types of films yeah. as well. When, you know, you, when these people are sort of holed up and they're waiting for what appears to be the inevitable to come along, and, and, and you, you, you suddenly get to see something of their character and, and you know their backstory comes out, and and there's there's something to be said for that, and it, you know it, it speaks to the human condition. Mm. I think it's, it's the phrase. Yeah, I, well, I think science fiction and horror and a lot of these things they they do sort of. Um, allow you to explore uh, the meaning of life and all sorts of things as well right um, and uh, yeah it's um, you know it, it is interesting and also the whole thing of you know vampire sort of folklore is, is that they can't come out during the day they can only come out at night mm. so you know what a great idea go to a place where it's exactly. night for a month exactly you know, it's sort of like an all you can eat buffet I'd imagine for a vampire yeah um, and also um, Danny Houston who is the um uh, he was the son of John Houston, John the, Houston, the yeah. legendary director. I met him once. I held a door open for him, and I always thought to myself, one day I'll be able to turn this into an interesting anecdote. Mm, we're still but waiting. Not today. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was with a friend, and I said, "Do you know who that is?" And she went, "No." And and and, and I said, oh, "That's Danny Houston. He's been in loads of movies." And and uh, she went, "Oh, would you like a photo?" And then I thought, "That's not worth it because no one else will know who that is." So what's the point? But it was just my moment, and we were at a um, at a film premiere, which makes it sound really more impressive than it was. But um, he was in the movie that I went to see, and he was there in the audience. Um, but anyway, uh, th- Thirty Days of Night is is the movie that that, that I'm promoting at the minute, and yeah, ten forty five pm on the Horror Channel, and yeah, great great performance uh, there, in particular from Josh Hartnett as well, and also Melissa George, who's always great in horror movies. Yep. Especially if they're set on a boat and they're all about like time stuff. Yes, you're not convinced, are you? Anyway, let's move to Sunday, the 14th of March, and a complete change of pace with the next choice. Uh, Simon has gone for uh, on BBC Two, 2:35 p.m. And if ever there was a Sunday afternoon movie, it'll be this. It's Singing in the Rain. Yeah, Singing in the Rain is one of those films that is just a film. It did become a stage play, but. It, it was never a book or a, a stage music or anything like that. It was just a film right from the very start. And um, it's one of the great musicals uh, and they've got one of the great iconic scenes in uh, musical history. Uh, the famous scene where Gene Kelly sort of dances in the rain, um, spins around lampposts and all that sort of stuff. But you, you, would, you, you need to remember that there were other people in this film as well. Uh, Debbie Reynolds is very good in it. Um, and Donald O'Connor is is very good too. He's a, 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 a dancer. I think he's, he's as good, if not better, than Gene Kelly. But um, I used to talk, 
talked to my dad about Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, and he he, he always said that Fred Astaire that you could he, he barely seemed to touch the ground, whereas Gene Kelly was more sort of muscular in his dancing. And I, I could see what he means by that. There's a sort of Fred Astaire seems so incredibly graceful, whereas Gene Kelly, I mean, great dancer, but um, more sort of manly about it, perhaps. Well, um, Fred Astaire was incredibly slight, wasn't he? He was very, he, yes. very slim build. I suspect he was quite tall. I don't know. I have no idea. No idea whether he's tall or not. Is there a way to find this stuff out? He, he has the, the look of somebody who might be tall. Um, well, I mean, most actors aren't that tall, which 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 is, a, which, you know, which always sort of strikes me as odd. You know, if an actor's six foot, that's actually quite tall. Mm. Um, but uh, Fred Astaire's height... It's normally listed on these things. Um, five foot nine. Was Fred no, Astaire? See, I'd have said he was significantly older than that, but there you older, go. taller, taller. Five yes. foot, five foot nine. And mm. and who, who was who, who am I looking up? Gene Kelly. Um, uh, Gene Kelly. Yeah, I mean, just looking at these pictures, he just looks like a broader, you know, well-built chap. He was also five point five foot nine. Yeah, we well, see. I could believe that about Gene Kelly, um, but I'd have said Fred Astaire was taller. But you know, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. I knew these two brothers once, and I was always convinced that the younger one was taller than the older one, and the older one looked small, and they were actually the exact same height. And it's just their build that made them look like they were mm. different heights. Just happens. Um, anyway. So there you go. So, so things we've learned today that yeah. Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, at the exact same height, and they were only five nine. Bless them, little fellas. Um, Gene Kelly only died in nineteen ninety six. That's see, he was eighty three when he died. There you go. Hmm. Um, okay, but singing in the rain. Um, one of the so this was so so unlike most musicals, this this started as a movie. This was not this hmm. was an original movie. Yeah, yeah the only other one that's. The only other one that springs to mind was High Society, that I, that I believe was the same. You know, most other famous musicals were um, stage musicals first, I think. But of course, write in if that's wrong. And uh, yeah, we're not wrong really in if it's right. Yeah. Thanks. So anyway, singing in the he's quite pleased with that. Singing in the rain, fourteenth uh, of March, two thirty-five p.m. on BBC Two. Uh, we moved to six thirty p.m. Uh, on the Paramount Network for a movie that um, is, uh, is from twenty-one years ago, and it is the film Vertical Limit. A wildlife photographer is forced to master his fears and the elements as he leads an expedition to climb K2, the world's second highest mountain, on a desperate mission to rescue his estranged sister and her fellow mountaineers who have fallen into a crevasse. Action adventure starring Chris O'Donnell, Bill Paxton, Scott Glenn and Robin Tunney. And um, when this this came out, um, this was uh, quite a... um, uh, you know, th- this was quite a big budget thing, and at the time, Chris O'Donnell was sort of seen to be like, you know, one of the sort of, you know, the, the sort of he was going to be the, this big sort of A-list leading man, and and it never really quite took off for him. You know, he had he he had a couple of really prolific roles as a very young man. You know, he was in the um, two of the Batman movies where he played Robin, and he was very critically acclaimed in Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. 
Um, and in fact, I believe he crops up in a film of yours a bit later in the week, this week. Chris O'Donnell. Does he? The Rainmaker. Okay. Yeah. Have you read ahead? I, no, clearly not. <laughs> um, but but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Chris O'Donnell is. Um, it's a choice you of know, two. <laughs> you what say? It's a choice of two films. If he's in, because um, uh, two of my last four films are from um, more than sixty years ago. So um, yeah. Yeah, no, but you you chose the Rainmaker. He's in that one, isn't he? Is he? Isn't he? What I don't I know. He's not in. It's not in my notes. But that doesn't. That means nothing. No, I'm getting. I'm getting it confused with another film. I think there's another John Grisham film that he did. Then it wasn't that one. Anyway, but he's certainly not. not in, he's not in a starring role in it. Let's put it like that. No, he would have. He would have been. Um, it, it's. Um, I, I'm. I am confused. Not. Not. You. Because that does happen. But anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> Vertical Limit. It was originally a sequel to the Stallone film Cliffhanger in the early days of its production. And then oh, yeah. they decided to, to just break all links to it because, um, yeah, because basically uh, it was, um, yeah, I guess perhaps they could get back none of the original cast. And so they just decided just to make it into a separate film instead. But, uh, but yeah, um, it, it's got some great action sequences, great sort of, um, uh, you know, m- like man against nature, you know, the, the sort of trying to trying to battle the, the, the wilds of, of, of climbing mm-hmm. the, the second biggest mountain in the world. And um, yeah, it, it's a, uh, um, you know, it's a great action adventure and good supporting cast as well. Bill Paxton, Scott Glenn are, are particularly good. And it's directed by Martin Campbell, who directed uh, Goldeneye and also Casino Royale, the two Bond films. And he did um, Edge of Darkness, the both the TV series, the BBC series in the 80s and the Mel Gibson film in the 2010s. Um, so um, yeah, he's a New Zealand director and uh, you know did did, uh, did a very good job with this. So that's um, Vertical Limit, which is on 6.30pm on the Paramount Network. And the film I was thinking of with Chris O'Donnell was The Chamber, which is another John Grisham adaptation, okay. not The Rainmaker. Um, but, and you've not chosen The Chamber. No. Although you did visit it not that long ago. But yes. Anyway. <laughs> let's, um, let, let's move on then to uh, Monday, the uh, 15th of March, 4.45pm on Film 4. Um, you're choosing a lot of old films this week. I am, yes. yeah. And uh, you've chosen How Green Was My Valley. Yes, this is the second uh, Maureen O'Hara film. Um, she's uh, paired with Walter Pidgeon in this. Um, and uh, it's a story set in South Wales, although they never moved nearer than Hollywood to South Wales. It's very sort of uh, studio recreated. Uh, but it's a, it's a great story, uh, writ, writ, book written by Richard Llewellyn about uh, life in the pits and the valleys and John Ford won uh, an, an Oscar for it. And, and I mean, it is a bit old hat now. I sometimes choose these old films thinking, oh, yeah, it's a great old film. Um, and then... And then you go ruin that by watching it. Then you watch it and, and you sort of you think, oh, I wish I'd never watched it. The memory of it being great was enough. Um, you know, it's like never meet your heroes sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you like... If, if you don't need your films to be uh, Crash Bang Wallet sort of 
incredibly fast editing um, and, and not terribly realistic looking. If you don't mind it being very studio based, it's a great story and nice performances. Okay. Now, I always get Maureen O'Hara and Maureen O'Sullivan mixed up. So, was Maureen O'Hara, was she Jane in the Tarzan films? And, the, and oh, is that, is that Maureen O'Sullivan? Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll look while you're talking about your next film, if you like. Okay, you have a look. Also, one of them is the mother of Mia Farrow. Okay. But it's Maureen it's O'Sullivan, Maureen o. Jane. Right. And she is also the mother of Mia Farrow. Right. The speed with which I found that. I, I think they're both Irish, um, hence their their names. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Both Irish. I wonder names. if anyone else gets the Maureen O's confused or whether it's... Well, they might me. do. I mean, yeah. after you'd said it, I was sort of beginning to wonder if um, I'd got them muddled up. Um, yeah, Maureen O'Hara was never actually called O'Hara when she was born. She was no. Fitzsimmons. Okay. She lived to a good old age. She only died so, six years ago. Oh, wow. Well, actually, I've just seen on here, Maureen O'Sullivan, I've just looked at it on myself. Um, she she died in 1998, so she lived to a fair old age herself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, enough about Maureen's. Um, How Green Was My Valley, though, Simon's Choice for Monday, the 15th of March, and that's on at 4.45 on, on Film 4. Um, so... Did, did you actually sorry? Did you actually say what the film's about? Uh, I, I think I alluded to it. Um, it was about life in the in the pits and the valleys in South Wales. It's a sort of kitchen sink type thing. I think you'd probably right. say. Was it contemporary? Uh, I don't know why. I thought it sounded like a western. You see, right? Um. I just found here at the turn of the century, so it was a, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a bit thing. historical, but not yeah. very. No, no, that wouldn't. That was only forty years before. Mm. Um, okay. Anyway, that's on forty four forty five p.m. on film four, uh, eight twenty p.m. on Talking Pictures TV. Uh, I've chosen a film that I saw this for the first time a couple of months ago. And um, recently, some of the films that have been recommended, we, we've we've had some '60s spy films that were not Bond films. Um, uh, we had recently, didn't we? The um, I've completely forgotten which one it was now that I'd very recently recommended. Oh, uh, the Harry Palmer one, wasn't it? Yes. Um, um, just the other week. I can't remember what it was called now either. I, m- I remember it being Harry Palmer. Ip Chris Fire was it? Ip Chris Fire. It was the Ip Chris Fire was the one we had the other week, and um, and and we also a few weeks before we had Callan, the the movie version of the the Edward mm-hmm. Woodward. That's on TV this series. week. Yes, it's on all the time now. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, the, the one I've gone for from the sixties, um, which which when I saw this, I realised that it did a pretty good job at not trying to be a Bond film. Um, but it still had this exciting, glamorous element to it. But it's the Quiller Memorandum. So two British spies based in 1960s Berlin are murdered, seemingly by a mysterious neo-Nazi organisation. The Secret Service drafts in an American agent to investigate the killings and uncover the identity of the leader of the extremist group. A thriller starring George Siegel, Alec Guinness, Max von Sydow and George Sanders uh, appearing again. Uh, and the script written by Harold Pinter, no less. Oh. Um, but the, the Quiller Memorandum, it sounds like it was a book that might have been like a sort of a, 
a Len Dayton or a John Le Carre or one of those sorts of people, um, which which of course it could be completely made up. But um, but I wasn't wasn't that familiar with George Siegel. I, I knew of him, but I, I, I couldn't recall that I'd particularly seen anything else that he ever would have done before this. Uh, before this, he yeah, his name. He was a very he was very much a sort of seventies and eighties star, wasn't he? Yeah, he's still around. He's still he's still around. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, it would seem like his his heyday was pretty much in in the the seventies and eighties. Um, but he's very good in this, and you know, plays this sort of you know tall, suave, dashing um, American agent who's helping the British. But the fact that it's set in in Berlin and it's set in in that sort of Cold War. 60s thing as well it, it, there is something quite good about this and it's it did like I said I, I was quite impressed that it didn't feel like it was trying to be some sort of James Bond competitor or trying to be a parody of it or or, or anything else you know it, it did feel like it was it was trying to make its own mark um, and, and you know be, be a valid entry into the sort of the 60s spy mm-hmm. genre series but yeah that's um, the Quiller Memorandum on um, 8.20pm on Talking Pictures TV uh, we move to Tuesday the 16th of March and 11pm on Five Star Chime. Simon has chosen The Rainmaker. Yes, we've already sort of touched on this, uh, I, I guess. It's a John Grisham novel, uh, the, the great legal writer, um, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Matt Damon stars as the inexperienced Memphis lawyer. They're always set in the South, John Grisham novels. Um, and he... Is gets involved with uh, an, an ambulance chaser. Uh, it's quite a convoluted story, but John Voight plays, it says here, the world's slimiest lawyer. Um, and Claire Danes is there in, in a fairly early role for her, I guess, as a battered wife who is sheltered by Matt Damon's character. Um, yeah, it says here, Grisham's scenarios often feel contrived and mechanical, but with Coppola foregoing the usual serpentine plotting in favour of emotional depths and well-rounded characters, this is courtroom cinema at its very best. And not the last courtroom film I should be mentioning today. Mm, okay. Um, it, your notes haven't mentioned, but but my memory of this film, and I've just had to look this up to double-check I've got the right film this time, but, but what, the best performance in it, you've not even mentioned that he was in it, and it's Danny DeVito. Yeah, and Mickey Rourke's in it as well. Mm. Yeah, and, and Dean Stockwell. Uh, it's got a really good cast in here, but yeah, the, yeah, Danny, Danny yeah. DeVito's the he's sort of the co-star of it, really. Um, you know, from, from you know, he's on the poster alongside Matt Damon, and he's the like the older lawyer who takes Matt Damon under his wing. From what I recall of the plot, it's been a while since I've seen it, but but um, Danny DeVito, I think, is the ambulance chaser that's that's teaching Matt Damon how to do it. Mm. Yes, it's uh, it, it, it's funny how they choose who they're going to mention in the blurb, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, on here, Danny DeVito's listed second in the cast after mm, Matt Damon. Mm. But but anyway, um, yeah, gr- a great film and a great cast and and, and well directed uh, and and yeah, I, th- I think the John Grisham's novels, the, the the adaptations, even the lesser ones, are still pretty good. And and you know, you can't beat a courtroom drama. Uh, and uh, and this. This isn't. There isn't much of this set in the courtroom, but but set in the legal world. For, for, again, from my memory of it, from a very long time ago. 
But uh, yeah, that's uh, The Rainmaker, 11pm on Five Star on uh, Tuesday the 16th of March. My choice uh, for Tuesday the 16th is is a load of old rubbish. And in fact, I'm not even going to mention it. Let's move on to Wednesday because I don't almost be embarrassed as mentioned. Let's just go straight into Wednesday, 9pm on Five Star. You have chosen Robocop. Yeah, not the original, the the remake. Um, And it's a a good quality remake as well. Uh, Joel Kinnaman plays the the Robocop, the the Detroit cop turned cyborg. Um, uh, Gary Oldman plays the the scientist in this. And Abby Cornish plays uh, Joel Kinnaman's wife. Uh, This has got the advantage because it's made uh, in the... 20 teens of having much better CGI than the first one and uh, yes it's, it's a, it's, it was a good story in the first place I didn't realise it was so old the first one 1987 um, yeah. and um, so yeah it's a, it, it's, a, it's a quality remake yeah, and it's very different from the original as well. I mean, you know, the the, the Paul Verhoeven uh, film was was very much a satire, um, and and was was had something to say about about American media and mm-hmm. and, and corruption, and and whereas this film, it's it's a very different entity. Uh, still taking the same premise of of you know a, a cop who's left for dead, and then they rebuilt with cybernetic parts, and you know he's part man and part machine, but all cop or whatever the the tagline would be. Um, but once again, uh, some, of the, some of the performances I remembered from this movie have n- not been mentioned. But Michael Keaton's in this, and 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 you know was particularly good. And and I also remember Samuel L. Jackson being in this movie as well. Um, so yeah, quite a quite a good cast. Um, again, but but yeah, a, a, a good a good film. But but I, I think it's worth not looking at it in the same way you know because whilst it is it is a remake of, of the 80s movie it, in many ways it also isn't I think it's a, it stands on you know it stands on its own two feet mm. um, and, and it has something different to say than the, the original one which also was incredibly violent and very bloodthirsty the original movie whereas this one I think had been toned down quite a lot you know the, 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 the violence was nowhere near as graphic I think as, as Paul Verhoeven's version but anyway, that's. No, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, 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 couldn't sort of compare the two in my head, to be well, this honest. This one's but a 12A, and the original was an 18. Yeah, and, and I mean, you've got to allow for a, um, not inflation, it's deflation, isn't it? Or we've become desensitised to violence, and so what was an 18 would probably be. It could uh, possibly be a 15 these a 15. days. 15, but. Um, but yeah, but there were some very graphic bits of people being blown to pieces and limbs being shot off, and you know, right. like, like bloody stumps left, and and you know, possibly burnt with acid, and, and and there was there was some really really extreme, gory violence in the original movie, which which was all part of I think of the statement it was trying to make, um, because a lot of that movie was using. Um, the television footage in the background news footage and showing them showing this stuff on tv um sensationalizing it which i think was part of the message that that the paul verhoeven's movie was trying to mm. to make about about the media and news media in particular yeah whereas this is a bit more just of an action film isn't it yeah yeah this yeah this, this is just a more basic premise of of you know turning this bloke into a into a machine um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's Robocop, the 2014 version, uh, 9 p.m. on Five Star. Um, the 
film I've picked uh, on Wednesday the 17th, uh, 6.35pm on Film 4, and it's the um, action-adventure Sahara from 2005, starring Matthew McConaughey, Penelope Cruz and Steve Zahn. An explorer stumbles upon evidence of an American Civil War battleship which was laden with treasure when it sank without trace has ended up somewhere in the Sahara. However, he is deflected from his mercenary quest to find the hoard by an encounter with a tenacious doctor whose battle to stop the spread of a deadly disease could be linked to his own mission. And, and this really is a, a, a rip-roaring action adventure in the kind of mould of, of something like Indiana Jones, mm. although the setting's different. Um, yeah. it, it, this is contemporary. Um, but, but yes, it's this, this adventure. Who, um, and it's based on a, a novel by Clive Cussler. Uh, and um, the, the, the character that Matthew McConaughey plays is Dirk Pitt. Which quite a name, and apparently he wrote he wrote a series of novels about um, Dirk Pitt, um, and and the other one that's been made into a movie was um, Raise the Titanic. All oh, right, if you if you remember that movie yeah. from from the early eighties, um, and it was an actor called Richard Jordan who played this character in that movie. But from what I remember of that movie. It, he wasn't in the movie version wasn't particularly the main character in in the movie but was was in in there whereas with this yeah Matthew McConaughey's character is sort of front and center but uh, but yeah you know great great sort of exciting action sequences you know great setting and, and a wonderful cast um, you know with 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 good performances um, from from the lead ones in particular being you know, Penelope Cruz is very good um, and Lenny Jane Lenny James is in there as well in a small role all right for, from um, Line of Duty and The Walking, Walking Dead Dead yeah yeah so uh, that's um, yeah that's Sahara uh, if you're looking for a real good family action adventure type movie then then look no further Wednesday the seventeenth of March six thirty five p.m. on Film Four. And then we move to Thursday the 18th of um, uh, March, 6.30pm on Sony Movies Classic. And uh, a, a great film, which was um, sort of, it was very well known as a stage play and then, and then was, was adapted into a movie way back into the 1950s. Uh, and it's The Kane Mutiny. Yeah, very different role for um, uh, Humphrey Bogart. Uh, this is... Uh, I mean, he always plays slightly sort of anti-hero characters, but they are—they are. There is something heroic about them here. There's very little to um, be praised in the, in the character of the character that he plays. Quig is um, a—he a, becomes the captain of a minesweeper during the Second World War, uh, and and the crew are not very happy to to, to have him there. Fred McMurray and Lee Marvin are, are amongst the crew. But they, first of all, they, they take the mickey out of him, but then after that, they decide that they've just had enough and they're going to mutiny. And uh, Van Johnson, who, who is his second in command, uh, relieves a panicking uh, Queeg of his command. And then there's a courtroom drama. And uh, uh, the, the, the famous scene in the courtroom, well, I say scene, it's this thing where he has these ball bearings in his hand that he sort of clicks together all the time and it, it, uh, it's it's Humphrey Bogart's equivalent of you can't handle the truth I suppose and, and it, it was all didn't it all boil down to his obsession with strawberries something like that yeah 
Yeah. And strawberries were going missing, and he was determined to get to the bottom of who was nicking all the strawberries. Yeah. It, it, it sort of showed his mental decline. Yeah. And yeah. It's one of his last films. Um, he died in 1957, and this was made in 54. Okay. Um, I, I do. I do. I saw this a long time back, and I do remember it vaguely. And and once again, it seems that your notes have got a great thing of missing out the co-star, because the the performance that I remembered as well being being equally as good was uh, Jose Ferrer, who was who was in it, uh, who I think played his second in command on the boat, if I remember, or was he one of Van the Johnson plays his second in command according to my then notes. He was, then he was the prosecutor, Jose Ferrer. Okay. He was in the in the in the subsequent court martial that scenes. Um, and uh, it was 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 incredibly good, um, but but I'm guessing that must have been an early part as well for Lee Marvin, because uh, um, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? 1950s, yeah. because well, he's listed quite a way down the cast, and you know he went on to be quite a big star. So I imagine it must have been a you know an early role for him, unless it was some sort of cameo by him. It had been 30, right. Okay. So, relatively early. Yeah. And Jose Ferrer as well um, was the husband, was he, of Rosemary Clooney? And and therefore is the uncle of George Clooney? Uh, yes. I mean, he was married to <laughs> Rosemary Clooney, amongst others. Right. <laughs> In fact, he was married and, to her twice. Okay. They divorced his- after eight years, and then three years later they got married again. And then we're divorced after another three years. Right. And his son is the actor Miguel Ferrer, who was in the original Robocop. Had quite a large part in that. And, it, and he's the sort of actor that if you saw him, you, you'd know who he was. He's been in just about every American TV programme ever. Um, yes. he's a, he, he looks like a villain, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has that sort of snide look about him. Mm. Well, he did have it. He passed away, I think, uh, last year. But, uh, but yes. Um, Four years ago. Was it really four years ago when he yeah. died? Oh, okay. Um, he was in NCIS and they killed his character to coincide with his own imminent demise. And, and, and they gave his character the same condition that he had in real life. This guy, I think it was a throat cancer. And, um, and I only watched those episodes last year when he, when he died. So that's why I thought it was... Anyway, so yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, The Kane Mutiny, a, a, gra- a great, great film. Uh, from uh, 1954 and that's on 6.30pm on Sony Movies Classic on Thursday the 18th of March Uh, the final film uh, it's not in the same league really but uh, 6.50pm on Talking Pictures TV a lot of films from that channel this this week Um, but I've chosen um, the 1988 comedy Without a Clue Um, brilliant detective Dr John Watson decides to conceal his sleuthing for the sake of his medical reputation so invents a fictional investigator called Sherlock Holmes and hires a washed up actor to play the role the pair get drawn into a mystery that threatens the stability of the British Empire comedy starring Michael Caine and Ben Kingsley Mm. and in a way they sort of borrowed the story slightly from the the 80s tv series remington steel if 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 you were ever familiar with that that was the um the thing with piers brosnan oh, right. and that that was the premise of that was about a a private detective who wasn't being taken seriously because she was a woman and she wasn't getting work so she invented a a, a masculine superior and um and and you know kind of created something of a of a a myth around this guy and said she worked for him but the guy didn't really exist and then she was starting to become unstuck because 
she kind of had to present this guy and say look here he is and then suddenly this this suave british con man turns up out of nowhere looking to hide and so he says he is remington steel and that was the premise of the tv series for four years that that he wasn't yeah, really the I investigator don't, i don't remember ever seeing remington steel it was kind of one of those sort of comedy drama type romantic sort of things that, that you used to get in the 80s you know it wasn't really quite action adventure in the same way as something like the 18 but it 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 had this thing where yeah they were, each week they were solving a crime but but it was always how really he was um he was just a fake and he was just acting like he was this 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 brilliant detective when in fact it was his female sidekick who was the one who was solving all the crimes and, and that's in essence the, the 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 thing with this but 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 it's interesting because you know uh, Watson in in this is portrayed as this brilliant detective who who chronicles his his exploits but has invented um, Sherlock Holmes as as the guy who's solving all these crimes and 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 of course there was a, a degree of mirroring because it was Conan Doyle who was also a doctor who wrote the the stories and 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 so there was always this sort of this thing of was Conan Doyle really Watson and and who was Holmes and there was a, an old professor of Conan Doyle's that it was Joseph Bell that it was believed was his his um, inspiration for the Holmes character. Right. And, and the BBC did a series about that some years ago um, about Joseph Bell and showing him to be this Holmes-esque character who apparently did solve some cases and and Watson like looked on in awe and then thought I could write about that. Um, well, not Watson, but Conan Doyle. But anyway, yeah. So that's basically this. That 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 that. So Michael Caine plays this bumbling, drunken oaf who's an actor, who then um, you know puts on the deerstalker and and speaks to the press and proclaims to be Sherlock Holmes, and uh, and and in places it's very funny. Um, and and yeah, as a whole, I mean, it's hit and miss. But but you know where it hits, it does hit well. So that's uh, without a clue. Uh, Talking Pictures TV, uh, 6.50pm on Thursday, the 18th of March. So, Simon, we've got to the end of another... Uh, oh, yeah, you've got to ask me that question, aren't you? Yeah, that, that, that the question I ask every week, which is, if you had to choose just one of those movies as, as your film of the week, the one that someone should watch above any other film, which one would it be? Oh, dear. So many different reasons for choosing it. If, if right, so for somebody else to watch, I would say Singing in the Rain. Okay. Because I think it's the sort of film that you might have seen the, the 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 famous dance sequence, but I wonder how many people have actually sat through the whole thing. More people have probably seen the Morgan Wise take on it than maybe have seen the actual um, movie itself. Maybe, yeah. You know, there's a very famous sketch, wasn't there, with with uh, Malcolm and Wise doing a, mm. a singing in the rain routine. Um, Eric Morgan just kept getting water poured on him all the I time. Think, yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, I, so I, on, on that on that note, I just happened to watch one of these things that I mean, it seems ridiculous now. I suppose it's th- from Gogglebox, but it's on YouTube. You get uh, clips of people watching things that they've never seen before. Have you have you seen any of these? Oh uh, yes, it's Gogglebox, isn't it? I've never seen it, but well, not, I know it's of it. not Gogglebox, but it's it's like that, and it's oh, just okay. it's just you just you're just watching uh, on on your in the in the YouTube window. You've got the the people watching it, and then you've got the thing that they're watching on at the same time. So this was uh, two Americans 
who'd never seen uh, Morecambe and Wise, and it was it was the Morecambe and Wise with Andre Previn, um, okay. and and quite hilarious. And and that, to be fair, they did think it was funny, although there were certain bits that they didn't get, um, you know, without any context or anything. Uh, but anyway, sorry, that's um, yes, that's irrelevant really to what you were talking about. No, 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 no. It's uh, it, 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 it's all of this is a is a. It's all irrelevant. So to what? Yeah. So what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so singing in the rain is 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 your choice. Um, in fact, I never knew the story of singing in the rain till just now. Um, so so it's actually about uh, people making a film. That, that that's part of the story. A silent film production company and cast make a difficult transition to sound. All right. You didn't know the story then, no, either. I didn't know the story either. Okay, well, that's that's what it says on IMDb. Okay. As, as, as what the film's about. Um, but so, so there's like almost like then, like maybe like a movie within a movie or something. Mm. You know, that that's quite meta, I believe is the phrase. Yes, I think meta is the phrase. Phrase. <laughs> okay. Um, my choice, I think I'm going to go with um, Sahara as my okay. film of the week because. It, it's not necessarily the best one that I've chosen. It's by no means the worst one. I dropped one out completely because it was naff. But um, yeah, it, it, it's one that perhaps people may not have seen, and it is a good, good action adventure film and, and and fairly family friendly. Which I don't think those things always necessarily go together. They don't. That's very true. So uh, so yeah. So that that's my choice. Um, the all the films that we've selected, uh, and I might even put in the one that I didn't mention, just to make you have a look at the notes. But it's all in the the, the notes of this this episode, so you can see the choices there and the times that those films are on on the channels, etc. Um, and uh, it's all on our website as well, stalbanspodcast.com, where you can also find details of the Dagnall Street Baptist Church virtual podcast um, or virtual service, which is a, a weekly podcast. And um, Simon, uh, anything you can tell us about this week's one? Um, well, we're looking at one of the most famous uh, Bible verses of all. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, and uh, that's going to be the, the sort of the, the theme of it. But we're going to have a little nod towards uh, Mothering Sunday. Uh, but mainly we've got a, a YouTube uh, hosted Mothering Sunday service, so which is new for us. So, uh, But details of that will be on the church website. So if you want to want to uh, look at look at a service rather than just listen to one you can go on to dsbc.org.uk and okay. uh, find that we will also put the link to the youtube service in the description of sunday's podcast episode as well so very good can easily get to it that way as well okay um but uh, but yeah so based on i believe that's john 316 it is john 316 very good yeah yes about the only verse that i know but yeah um anyway uh th- that will be coming up on sunday and as we said all the details on how you could get hold of all that if that is something you're interested in you can find at our website uh st simon thank you very much and you're welcome um, we'll do this all over again about the same time next week you